Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Town leave with all three points on their first ever visit to the Valley. Cholton's shocking start to the season continues their worst in 15 years. Welcome to Cholton Live. So hello everyone and welcome to Cholton Live on your Sunday evening. My name uh, is Louis Mendez. I hope you guys are as well uh, as you can be considering the state of the football at the moment. Um, we'll be looking back uh, on this evening's show at yesterday's 2-0 defeat. Uh, to, or to, 2-1 was it? Yeah, it was so bad I forgot that we scored. 2-1 uh, to Cheltenham Town. Uh, at the Valley uh, yesterday, we're going to hear from you guys. We're going to hear from uh, Nigel Atkins as well. Uh, joining me to uh, for our group therapy session first up, uh, Terry Smith, a man who uh, just took about an hour to get his computer to turn on. Uh, and it didn't work, so it's, um, I'm on computer number two. Hmm. It's like, it's, I mean, I, I, is it like when you have two mobile phones? Like You're not dealing on the side, are you, Terry? <laughs> uh, no, it's just uh, one is, uh, is probably past its sell-by date and I need throwing it in a bin. <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry, I thought you talked about yourself there, but also yeah, as well, yeah. yeah. Also joining us, uh, a man still well within his uh, best uh, use by date, uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? 
very kind of you to say that. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I've had better weekends, but you know, life as a Charlton fan is always fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent stuff. So uh, on this evening show, then, as I said, we we got to look back at yesterday's two-one uh, defeat. Uh, against Cheltenham. You'll be pleased to hear that we don't have a recording of the highlights, so uh, no highlights on this evening's show, so you don't have to uh, relive it that way, but we will hear from Nigel Atkins uh, later on in the show, his uh, post-match interview with myself uh, and with Richard Corley after the game. Uh, Obviously a very disappointing uh, display. We've also got our fans' views uh, from the fans' bar uh, feature later on in the show. Some very disgruntled fans uh, on there, as you can imagine, and plenty of people have sent in their tweets and their emails as well. So lots to get through. Um, Terry, I mean, let's just dive straight into it. Then normally, obviously, I'll ask you to sum up the game at the start. And, well, I think I summed it up quite nicely with that just loud groan at the start of the pod. (laughs) I think if we we could just do that for the rest of the pod, can we just loud groaning? Uh, although it might get put on a different website, but uh, the, uh, you can't sugarcoat it, can you? I mean, I, I tried my best uh, overnight to think about how you could uh, how you could just maybe gloss it up a little bit and, and make it better than it actually was. But actually, you can't. It was just uh, first half, especially. I think it's the poorest I've seen for a very long time. It reminded me a little bit of the Crew game last season, where they. Crew gave us a bit of a footballing lesson. We didn't know how to handle it um, for a while, and the, that first half was similar. We just we just weren't at it. We'd, it's just so many things. You, we'd be here, actually. You're saying about uh, about trying to fill this this podcast. We could probably fill about ten podcasts trying to just decipher exactly what went wrong in that first half because there's so many, you know, so many things that we didn't do right. That uh, there was just oh, it's just really strange, strange game to watch yesterday. I'll mm. try and try and commentate on, by the way. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, highlights, really. I think some concerns. There was a lot of talk on Thursday's pod, Tom, about how we were hoping that this was going to be like the almost a, a fresh start. You know, we'd we'd got our win against uh, a very poor crew side before the the, the uh, international break. We had the end of the transfer window and players coming in. You know, five players had come in since we last played. Um, it felt like almost a rebirth of the season and well it just got off to a dreadful a, a dreadful start once again yeah it was uh it was us oh, use the word pathetic after the game yesterday and, and I stand by it I try and be as optimistic as I can try and find positives but you know I said and it seemed to be a, a running theme from people I spoke to before and after the game that like you said off the back of crew and and the Crawley game and the signings we've made there was Real optimism going into yes, uh, yesterday's game. I think a lot of people thought we we would win and should win, um, and so to have that expectation going into the game and then to put together such a lacklustre performance was almost made it even harder in some ways. You know, if you go up against a, a Portsmouth or a Wigan or a Sunderland and you battle hard and you maybe just lose or or, or sneak a draw, you're kind of content with that. But when you go into a team who division below, you know, season before. You know, we, you expect to win that game. You know, there's no way around it. No disrespect to Cheltenham, but we should be beating a team like that. And it was just so flat. They deserved it in every single area of the pitch. Uh, there was almost nobody I can think of that came out with any credit, apart from our goalkeeper, amazingly, because it could have been worse. I thought, you know, we were set up really poorly. I thought we played badly and we just, yeah, there was just no creativity at all. And I said on Thursday that the one concern I have is we've got all these attacking players now and... It's about Nigel trying to find the best players in the best formations. Uh, and that's going to be a challenge. I, you know, I'm not going to deny that. But to get it as wrong as he did yesterday is 
is very disappointing from a man who's so experienced and mm-hmm. he needs to sort that out quickly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like we'll, we'll, we'll delve into the details of the performance uh, in a few moments' time, Terry, but as I sort of said there to Tom, in terms of our... I always I always love to contextualise games into the into the season as a whole. And in terms of what we expected yesterday to be and how it's actually become a bit of a continuation of what we saw before the international break and the poor performances. Um, That's the most concerning thing for me. Not only did we think it would be a fresh start, but actually it seemed to have gone backwards, if anything. Do you know, again, I was trying to analyse that in in my head since the game. And uh, I was wondering, you know, because as you say, we made, was it six signings um, in the transfer window? Uh, and everybody saw it as a, as a rebirth, as, as you said earlier. Uh, so the expectation levels were, were off the charts, I'm guessing, for most people. And, and I'd put myself in that category that you know the expectation levels had risen because of the what everybody perceived. I think most people would agree was a, a decent window in the end because of the, the signings we made, looking like we had cover in every area. And I'm wondering whether, and, and I actually did say this to Nigel on the Thursday press conference, whether or not the timing of the window, bearing in, bearing in mind it was during the international break. And we had players away, uh, which meant uh, a double whammy of some some of the signings not coming until late. Some of the players that would, uh, you know, so full training sessions weren't possible really before this this weekend with with the whole squad. I'm wondering if that was a bit of a uh, um, a problem for him in, and gave him a bit more of a selection headache because um, I think I don't know. I'm second guessing, of course. Do you know? Do people then and managers overthink it? Because oh he's played three games in uh, in, in the space of a week so I shouldn't really play him so is he he's been away he's travelled for ages do I not play him he's only just come in I'm not sure he's match fit so you end up maybe not playing the side that you otherwise would have done because when you think about it in the in the starting eleven you had Sam Lavelle as the only um, fresh signing that appeared and I wonder if that also had a, an effect on the players that uh, uh, that. W- you know, we're in the squad and thinking, well, I'll probably, I'll probably get dropped this week because uh, you've just signed Harry Arter, uh, you've just signed Sam Lavelle, you've just signed um, Papa Soiree, um, Jonathan Lecco. I wonder if they're, you know, maybe in hindsight, Nigel Leggins would think uh, would be thinking I should have probably started him because then that would have just carried on the feel good factor. The crowd would have been up from minute one. The players may have been a little bit more uh, up for it because all the new signings would have been involved. Uh, and even if they only lasted half an hour, forty-five minutes, then you know at least that feel-good factor and the, and, and the level may have been raised because that first forty-five minutes was absolutely dire, and it seemed like nobody knew who each other was. We had players not tracking back, players just ball watching, players not keeping an eye on where their men were running. I mean, the first two goals were, were, were it was like Keystone Cops, and then even the the the, the save McGilvery made in the second half with that header, which was an outstanding save. People just watching players run past them and allowing the crosses to come in without even attempting to stop it. It was really quite bizarre. Mm. And, and it, I, I don't know if I'm right or not. I'm just really just trying to understand why that would have happened. Yeah, I mean, because I, I legitimately, we couldn't have had any complaints if we were 4 0 down at half time yesterday. I think Craig McGivray again. Uh, you know, after after the you know, one or two games at the start of the season where he's ever so slightly shaky, he's really grown into the keeper that we know uh, he was going to be now, and, and and he's kept us in it. Now, Tom, I mean, one of the main things that yesterday that, that people pointed out quite early on is obviously the, the formation change again. You know, we had we had the two up top for the game uh, against uh, against Crew before the international break. Now, obviously, Connor's come back from international duty. Maybe Nigel's felt he's not in a position to start him and, and we're sort of hearing in his interview. But, I mean, are you surprised that we, we, we switched tactics from a, a plan that worked a couple of weeks ago? I think at the moment, if you're not going to play Connor, you, 
you can't really play two up top unless Lecco's going to start to play up there alongside Stockley. So I kind of understood that from a starting perspective. And obviously, Elliot Lee had a little brief cameo at Crewe and, and did well against Crawley. So you understand him coming in. I think what, what concerned me is not necessarily how we started, because again, I thought Watson and Morgan, again, against a fairly poor crew, were very good at the base. But it seemed very clear. I assume they were playing a diamond, but either way, their their midfield was just overrunning us like it had at Wigan and, and previous games. And Terry said it, but both the goals, they were just in between the lines all the time. And for me, the problem was that Lee was far too close to Stockley. And then you've got Morgan and Watson sitting so deep. So there was just space in between all the time. And then the minute one of them pressed out, there was a gap in behind to find it. So, you know, I'm not no tactical expert, but I could notice that early on. And you think, well, why haven't we changed our formation and matched them up, gone with the diamond, which we did against Crew, Because you're more likely you'll be able to match them up. And, and I think we did that in the second half. We certainly changed things in the second half. So look, I get why he started it. And obviously, as we said, he's got a bit of a selection headache and he's trying to work out who plays where and what. But... For me, it was very clear very early on that we were set up wrong and he just took far too long to adapt it. And and that was the problem because by then we were two goals down, half the game gone. And yes, there was a little bit of fight back in the second half, but according to BBC, we still only had that one shot on target, which was the goal. So it wasn't like we were, you know, knocking de- knocking on the door for 45 minutes. So that was, that was for me the most disappointing thing because as I say, Adkins is an experienced manager. He knows how to get out of this division. And for me, he's still the right man. I don't know if we're going to come on to talk about, you know, what people are starting to say now, but he needs to sort that out and he needs to sort it out quickly because he's got the players now and, you know, people are going to get restless unless he sorts this out. Now, Terry, I mean, you've already mentioned the goals. Um, so, so someone someone who we'll hear on the fan bar later describes the second goal as probably the easiest goal that Cheltenham will score all season. But um, it, 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 we did make it too easy and it, everything... In particular, in the first half, a lot seemed to come down our left-hand side, and they got crosses into our box way too easily, which, which which simply can't be a thing that happens, especially when we're playing at home. No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that uh, the uh, the two they missed were probably as easy, or the two McGovery saves, I should say, uh, because uh, they were just constantly getting around us. And, and, and I have the uh, unfortunate um, uh, benefit, I suppose, if if you call it that, of being able to watch the the replays uh, once or twice or three times afterwards, and so you, you then get to see the, the the players running through unchecked, and and as you say, the space given for um, for the uh, for the crosses, and you know, first of all, you've got to stop those at source, and you shouldn't really be giving anybody that room left or right, and we uh, we, we succumb to it more than on more than one occasion. Uh, but then you you look at the movement of the players, the, 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 both of those that scored it, they, they were untracked, they were unchecked going in. You know, you know, Matty Blair, I think Perry was the first one, um, went through unchecked and then, um, I know it was the other way around, Blair for the first one, sorry, and, and Perry for the second one, um, just went through unchecked. And, and you, you know, you saw Charlton players allowing them to run past them. Now, all right, because stopping the, stopping cross is one of the most important things you can do, but it doesn't always happen. You know, you've got to give teams credit that uh, they do have players who, who have the ability to get past defenders and cross the ball. It's going to happen. So when you know that, or, or you know, when you know it exists, it's, it's almost like basic defending. You know, you just, you don't allow somebody, even if he's not your man, just to run unfettered and walk right past you or, or run right past you into, into the box unchecked. Just can't do it. And then defenders, once the ball's in the box, you see defenders watching the player come and not going to the ball. So allowing, I mean, the, the, the second goal especially, just allow the um, the player to come in 
uh, and you've got uh, your defenders in the box watching them do it without going towards the ball, at least going towards the ball to give, to give some sort of challenge in. So, you know, and, and, and Tom's right about the tactics and, and, and was right about the, the way the, the movement of the, of the Cheltenham side and the running between the lines. He was spot on. But as a manager, you know, and, and I tend to agree as well, you'd think you'd have expected him to change it before half-time. But, um, you know, you, you send your players out to do a job and they've got to be able to do the basics, and, and we didn't appear to be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that really confused me as well, frustrated me, was the fact that that second goal came not not long after we just had a little bit of a break. I think it was for an injury or something. So cause I remember them sort of grouping up, and, and they were one nil down, and Nigel was giving out some instructions, Tom, and you're thinking, right, now they, they need to wake up now. They're going to they, they're gonna get a little bit more organised. And that second goal came almost immediately. They, again, switched off, lack of concentration, and, and not, not following markers, and... You know, an absolutely easy tap-in uh, in the end for, uh, was it Taylor Perry? It was, just, yeah, just so, so simple for them. And I watched the, uh, I don't know why I did this, but watched the highlights back today and saw the goals. And, you know, from a Cheltenham side, it looks quite nice the way they move the ball around and get the ball in. And as you say, it's a simple tap-in. But from a Charlton side, the reason they're able to do that is because they're essentially passing around traffic cones. Like, none of our players are moving. No one's tracking. No one's following runners, as Tell said. And it was just way too easy for them. And, and as I say, this is a team who, okay, rightly and deservedly so, got promoted from from League Two last year. You know, they're in this in this league and they've earned the right to be there. But we're a team that two seasons ago were in the Championship. And yes, okay, we've dropped down a level, but we've made good signings at this level. We're a good side. We're a big side. We should be taking teams like that and, and making fairly easy work of them if if we want to get in the top six. And as I say, it was the other way around for me yesterday. It was far too easy for Cheltenham. They played possibly above their level, but they played very, very well. But, you know, it was sort of the opposite of the crew game. You know, we, we came onto the pod after crew and I said, you know, it, it's not the hardest opposition we're going to play. So, yes, we got the win, but we need to, you know, be cautious. I would imagine the Cheltenham players after the game yesterday going into that dressing room had no idea it was going to be as easy as that because at least for the first 45 minutes in particular, there was no opposition really to, to play against. It was just so, so easy sort of training ground stuff for them. Um, so yeah and, and we've seen that the last few seasons haven't we particularly under Boya you know conceding those simple goals and, and conceding goals far too easily from from mistakes and and things like that but this wasn't that this was just as you said just lack of concentration and lack of lack of urgency I don't know what it was but it's not good enough ultimately and I don't think there's an excuse of of you know not knowing each other or whatever because a lot of those players had been here prior to the the last few games so they have played together Um it was just simply not good enough for, from all areas of the pitch. And as I say, at the moment, Nigel's got a lot to answer for because, as Tell says, he's got the point that, you know, he doesn't send them out there and expect them to do that. But, you know, he's got to be the one that G's them up and gets them going. And he had that opportunity there. And as you say, a couple of minutes later, we're we're two goals down. So, uh, yeah, just, just disappointing all round, really. Yeah, I mean, bit of a rally after half-time, Tell. Obviously, uh, Charlie Kirk came off replaced by... Uh, Jonathan Lecco. I think we saw an early chance, didn't we, for DJ uh, after the goalkeeper Flinders sort of fudged a clearance straight to Stockley and we sort of played over to the right and, and DJ missed the target. Um, but even, I mean, even before we scored, Craig McGovery made a big save. But I mean, a bit of a lift when Lecco came on. He got his goal. He had a couple of shots from outside the area. So, I mean, if you are going to desperately cling on to something, well, we, we, we had a 10-minute spell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Lecker came on clearly was uh, was up for the task, uh, and his mobility, uh, which we uh, seem to be sadly lacking uh, up to that point, um, 
gave us a bit of a lift and then Washington came on, what, about uh, 10, 12 minutes later and, and, and similar. Uh, uh, I think within a minute of um, Washington coming on, he set up Leco for the goal. So, yeah, there was an immediate lift because uh, Washington will run through brick walls, uh, you know that, and Leco um, may not be match fit, but he uh, he certainly put himself about, certainly for, for, for that 20-minute period. It, it did look like he got uh, a little bit leggy towards the end, but... It wasn't enough, and I think Tom alluded to it earlier. Um, you know, we yes, we played better, but we still only had one shot on target, and that was the goal. Uh, we had uh, plenty of opportunities. I think it was DJ um, screwed one wide from a very good position when Elliot was on the far side of the six-yard box unmarked. Um, I think Gunter put one well wide. Stockley as well, I think, put one over the top. So you know, even though we rallied, you got to be troubling the goalkeeper more than once if you if you hope to get anything out of a game. So you know, it's. Um, Yes, it was better, but still you know, nowhere near what we were expecting. Mm. I mean, and two of those Flair players that we've mentioned then, Charlie Kirk and, and DJ, Jailen, Jayasimi, Tom, neither of them made any real sort of mark on the game, I think it's fair to say. Again, you know, I feel like I do this all the time at the moment, but at half-time I went on the, the website that's got the amount of touches, and again, both of them, and along with Stockley, were the three fewest touches of the ball. We can't seem to get the ball up to that area of the pitch, and we can't seem to feed DJ or Kirk or even Leco after he had his five-minute, ten-minute spell, in order to actually make an impact upon the game and to threaten the, the opposition team. And pr- presumably that, that, that does have to come down to how we're set up or playing or, or how we're sort of winning and controlling the game in the midfield, which are two things that clearly we're, we're struggling to do at the moment. Yeah, uh, for me, it's that second point. It's that control in the midfield, and particularly at home. And, and that was another point I meant to make was, again, watching the highlights back today, uh, and it did kind of feel like it yesterday as well it felt like we were the away side a lot of the time and you know you do expect to play that way when you're playing away but at home you think you need midfielders in there that can get the ball down and pass it and Albie Morgan is one of those I didn't think he had a good game yesterday Ben Watson maybe less so but the way we're set up with them both so deep that if if the other team are playing that diamond and they've got their number 10 on you every time that one of those midfielders picks up the ball they haven't got the time to distribute it Um, and so what do you do if you go out to Adam Matthews or you go out to, to Gunter in the fullback positions because they're not playing wing back, they're kind of right behind their midfielder. And so then, I don't know, if you're on the right hand side, DJ drops deep. The two players are basically just stood next to each other. So you need to be able to create angles. You need to be able to draw their players in so that DJ's got space in front of him on that side. And we're just not doing that at the moment. That's the that's the problem. And yeah, I don't really know what the answer is. Maybe Harry Arter can come in and change that up in the midfield. Um, as I say, I think Morgan's definitely got the ability in it, but he's obviously had a tough start to the season. Uh, and maybe someone like Dobson and Claire can as well, because uh, again, they've had a, a little bit of a tough start, but you know they need to bed into this team as well. I definitely think we've got the midfielders to be able to do it, but it's how we set them up. You know, Is it that DJ and Kirk need to push on a little bit? Are they having to do too much defensive work? Or is it the opposite? Are they too far on and not doing enough or whatever? Something isn't clicking and... You know, Adkins, as I say, is an experienced manager. He's going to watch that game back. He's going to see that. But you'd think that he'd have seen it over the past few games because it's not like that's anything new. We've seen that a few times now. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what the answer is. Where do we go to a back three and try that? Because I know a lot of people saying Soiree would work in a wing-back position and Adam Matthews has done that for us before. Maybe we can change things up that way. But... He just needs to try something a bit different because at Crew he did and it worked. And like I say, the opposition weren't great, but still we got the win and that was all that mattered. And, you know, we're going into a game against, is it Jill's next? Um, 
and, and obviously they're sort of down there as well. I think they're just above us, aren't they, in the league? So that's a game, again, you have to expect mm. to win. Yeah, we've um, got Wickham. We've got Wickham before them on Saturday. Oh, sorry, well. yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is, I mean, which is another tough game. I think yeah. Wickham, I haven't seen their result from yesterday, but I think they're, they're expected to do quite well this season. I think Wickham obviously yeah. coming down from the championship. Yeah, but you've got to look at those games and think four points minimum, I think. Um, and it's just, at the moment, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, and And that's... Yeah, that is concerning, and I understand the frustration of fans at the moment because, as I say, I'm I'm struggling to find positives from yesterday, and mm. I try and be as optimistic as I can. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, we, we've mentioned midfield there, Terry. Then, so obviously, we've got we've we've got the likes of Elliot Lee and Albie Morgan and Ben Watson, and again, I think one one of the problems is you, you expect a home game, you expect an Albie Morgan, and a Ben Watson, and an Elliot Lee. You expect them to have come out, and you said, yeah, they've really got their foot on the ball. They've really done this or that. But I really don't. I really don't feel I can say too much about what what we saw from Elliot Lee yesterday. I don't. I just don't know if we saw enough of him on the ball. Albie, as always, we saw a lot of him on the ball. But again, some of the stuff he tried came off. You know, some of it didn't. And then there's there's things that don't help, like that loose pass he sent towards Fainway. Um, that, that that sort of gave away possession inside the first half, which then I think may even tempt him to start playing a bit safer because he, he gave the ball away for a simple pass and then he tried a more complicated pass a minute later and it got cut out and everyone's on his back and, and he's losing confidence. I mean, but there's, there's, no, there's no one in that midfield again who really stood out and you thought, yeah, excellent, he did really well today. No, I'd agree with that. I think the... In the, the Cheltenham came with um, with five at the back, but what they um, I noticed from their previous setups where they tend to play three at the back at home and five in midfield, uh, but five in the back, five at the back away from home, and three in midfield. But the two the two wider uh, defenders at the back are the ones that play in the five midfield when they're when they're at home. So they can switch it very easily, and I think uh, that's what happened to us yesterday a lot of the time. As they started off with five at the back, we really struggled to get down the flanks either side. I felt a little bit sorry for Kirk. And and I think I'm reserving judgment until uh, he has a proper left-back with him. Because um, I think I think it might have been Greg who said to me yesterday that uh, a lot of Kirk's successes comes from, from when he has, uh, he has a strong link with his left-sided defender who... Who can overlap and then he cuts in and they, uh, you know, they they dovetail brilliantly. So um, when we have a proper left back uh, operating down that side, maybe that'll improve things. I think one thing we are missing when we play three in the midfield, you need somebody really strong in that three-man midfield. All right, I mean, it depends where you consider where Lee played yesterday, I suppose. Um, but uh, you know, and Harry Arthur hopefully will provide that because we had no real ball winners you had uh, it seemed to me you had watson and, and morgan operating in a very similar position in front of the back four which is a little bit wasted and so they had so much room in front of us to to and to get round us um when that five turn five at the back then turned into five in midfield which they just overrun us and you know they they did it well and when our two wide players got the ball they reverted back to the five at the back and we couldn't get round them and it was uh, you know that you got to give them some credit that they they outthought us i guess um and saw the way we played the way we set up as a four three and the three up top um i thought again really kirk and um Jaisimi stayed far too far too far away from stockley and he was up there on his own pretty much against three defenders every time the ball went forward although Quite how he doesn't get some some of the free kicks he's due, I'm I'm still not quite sure, but um, he was isolated, horribly isolated, and uh, you, you're never going to win games like that. And I, and I think that midfield area is somewhere that, that is weak. I think um, not necessarily against every side, because we saw against Crew that we, uh, we you know we can dominate. Um, although admittedly we played two up top, but 
you can't you can't get away with that. You, you know, in any division, let alone this one, um, to allow the opposition to just run through you in midfield, and we haven't got that strength, which hopefully Arta will provide when he steps in. And then if Gilby comes back as well, that gives us another option in midfield. So I'm sort of cl- clutching at straws, I guess, but I'm hoping that once those two are back in, then we, we might see a different a different setup and a different side. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear from the Addicts boss then. Nigel Adkins came in to speak to me uh, after the game yesterday um, against uh, Cheltenham Town, and this is what he had to say on the performance. Well, I've put trust in the team that played ever so well against Crew and won on our last game. Um, to more or less start the game, obviously Sam Lavelle's come in for the injured Ryan Innes, um, with Connor Washington being away on international duty and the good performance in the last game that Elliot Lee played and the goal, the goal he scored and the training we've had. Obviously Connor rejoined us on the Friday and made a decision to start him in that position. But for me, our first half performance was unrecognisable from since I've been at the football club. Um, first and foremost, when we talk about you know, when we haven't got the ball being a compact shape to press as a team, we were just 11 individuals all over the place. And uh, well done to um, Cheltenham from that point of view. We were just not there. And then in possession of the football, we talked all week about their formation and where the space would be to our fullbacks um, and the outlap pass to get them there. We didn't execute that at all. I was crying out for it. So, uh, again, I've got a lot to reflect on. That first half performance was nowhere near good enough. We were far too uh, open. Um, and the two goals we've conceded are, you know, really bad goals. When again we talk about stop the cross, deal with the cross. We haven't stopped the crosses, and we haven't dealt with the crosses that have come in. Players have run off players. Um, so for me, two really bad goals that we give away. Half time, we changed the shape, and uh, obviously the second half was a lot better for the first 20 minutes of the second half. Introduction of Jonathan Lico, we've done really, really well from that point of view. And we changed, we changed the shape and that helped the team, obviously playing against their formation. Um, and we should have been, with a little bit more care, we should have actually scored some more goals because we had the opportunities to do that. And then maybe the later stage of the game, um, it was a bit stop-start. And for me, I wasn't happy. We were going at times far too direct. We're into Jaden and there's several players from their, their team around that. Whereas you saw if we just quickly and calmly moved the ball, we could get in the attacking third a lot more easier. So... There's lots for us to go and work on. Where do you think that, that first half in particular came from? Because you said it had been a good week in training. Um, do not know. Cheltenham seemed to create a lot of chances as, throughout the game, really. Correct. Do not know. I've come into the game um, full of optimism with the week. I think it's been the best week on the training ground since I've been at the football club. Um, the, the coaches have been excellent. The players' application, we've got new players. The standard's been really, really good. And it's been well thought out and planned. Well, that wasn't evidence in our first half performance in particular. I was really disappointed with that. Um, I'm responsible because I'm the manager, you know. So I need to know. Well, why did the team that I've trusted, who did ever so well last time, the performance and training all the way through the week, why have we put a performance in like that in the first half in particular? Um, I need time to reflect on that because it's nowhere near good enough. Uh, that's probably the first time I've said that since I've been at the football club because the players have been really good. What we have got now is obviously a lot of players have joined us. Um, we have time on the training ground but what we have got is competition for places now genuine competition for places because as I said I've put trust in the team that did ever so well in the last game against Crewe um, we've got more players coming back and you know I've got to make the decision of is a player with the sports science team as well and the coaches can a player start a game and play 90 minutes is he likely because they're at different stages of fitness at the moment can he play half an hour to go and impact the game 
we've got to be mindful that we don't you know, play, play, and all of a sudden he breaks down with injury because he's maybe not played as much football. So there's many factors we've got to put into it. But top and bottom, we have to do far better than what we've done, especially in that first half performance. Because for me, it was nowhere near to the level that I expect and the players should expect to themselves and the standards that have been set in. Um, and likewise, take nothing away from Cheltenham because they've done very, very well. So let's not just think, oh, they're a poor side. They're not. They've played very, very well. And we've not affected the game sufficiently from our point of view to make it better for us. It's almost like you're going to have to sort of press the reset button now after the the, the amount of players that have come in and, and obviously the, the disappointing start for four defeats already. Yeah, you're right there. Because that's what we've got to go and do. It's as if, like, you know, I wanted this to be the first stage of pre-season. You're like, that's where we are. We've got a whole group of players now. And again, as I said, one or two at different stages of fitness that, that can play a part in it. How we can make sure that everybody is all working hard together um, to give ourselves the opportunity to win the next game of football. And that starts with the next training session where the players will be in, looking after themselves and um, getting ready. And how we bring it all together. Because it has to be in us. It has to be a we. We've got good, hard-working, honest professionals. For me, this has been the best week's training since I've been at the football club. You know, I've, I've had a lot of experience, different things. I've gone into the game with a lot of enthusiasm with what we were going to go about. We haven't done it. We haven't produced. So I've got to look at myself. Um, and when we do the debrief, we've got to learn the lessons very, very quickly. But again, it's things that we talked about, the basics done to an elite level, we haven't done today. I don't know why. You mentioned Jonathan Neko coming on. He did provide that spark. He did that a lot when he was here before. Um, have you got high hopes for him this season? Oh, he's been great in training. Elliot Lee, Jonathan Leko, Corey Blackett-Taylor's been outstanding. You know, the last game, Connor Washington was brilliant with Jaden Stockley. You know, obviously he's played a couple of games for uh, Northern Ireland and come back on Friday. You know, Pape, um, Suarez, looks great in training. Can we get them up to a level? Um, Ariata joined us for the first time yesterday. Um, done a bit of the training sessions. We've got to get him up to speed as much as we can. We've got we've brought some real good, talented football players to the football club. Now we've got to make sure that we've got everybody singing off the same sheet uh, with a harmony to uh, have that desire to take this football club to the next level. Another game where Craig's probably bailed the defence out a few times. They're called upon more times than you would have hoped. Very much so. We've made a couple of good saves, but again, the two goals that we've gone and conceded, poor goals. Basic, basic poor goals with individual bits of defending. We have to do better than that. Obviously, Ryan Innes was out today. The, you mentioned it's an injury. Can you give us any indication on what the issue is and if there's a timeline at the moment? Obviously, he came off in the um, at the crew game. He's got a thigh injury. Uh, he's had a bit of a relapse in training uh, yesterday. So uh, we were hoping that he was going to be back involved on Tuesday, but that's not going to be the case now. So we'll be having a. Um, we'll have to assess where he is for the length of time that he's potentially going to be out. But, um, you know, he's, he's had a, a relapse um, from a thigh injury that he's got. Thank you. In terms of Pat, he has obviously played sort of much competitive football, has he, before? How, where, where do you think he is in terms of his fitness and sort of match sharpness levels? That, that's the, the million-dollar question. That's the crystal ball, you yeah. know. Um, <clears throat> I've been really impressed with him in training. You can see the quality he's got, even like when he's on the pitch there, where he's tried to play the ball the outside his foot to break their line, didn't quite go. So um, the more we can get him on the training field, the more we can get him amongst the players, hopefully we can just start building that level of fitness up. And uh, the, the, big, the big question will be, is if all of a sudden you put him in too long, too much, and he breaks down with a soft tissue injury, he's out for six weeks. We don't want that to happen. Uh, and that's what happens sometimes when someone's been out for a period of time. 
But the sign, there's a lot of positive signs that we've seen with Pape, and I've really, I've been really pleased with the, with the players, the additions of the players. As I said, training's been good. Today's a, that first half performance was unrecognisable from how the players have applied themselves, especially this week in training. What we've gone into it, I'm, um, you know, I've got to sit down as I normally do and just debrief it in a, in a cold, calm light today, is to um, and then feed it back to the players because we've got to get better. And Jonathan Lecco initially kind of had that impact you probably wanted, didn't he, at the start of the second half? So obviously getting the getting the goal as well. Yeah, what we did, we changed the formation, if you notice, because for me we were too expansive. We wanted the, mid- the two wider players. We got DJ and uh, and Charlie Kirk to when we hadn't got the ball to like, narrow up a little bit more. And obviously, unfortunately, Ben and uh, Adam and the, the back line were too deep. We got far. We were we were just all over the place. We yeah. were just far too wide. Second half, I changed that. If you notice, we've gone probably to a. About four two holders, a four two two two, if you like, which obviously counteracted their their, their box uh, in midfield, and we actually got far better possession of the ball and the penetrating runs of, um, of Jonathan Lecco. Did you think with um, obviously with Lavelle, he came off, he was cramping, wasn't he? Basically, yeah, so everyone, every, everybody could see that's why he's yeah. come off. We didn't want to take him off because obviously, one, <laughs> they were a big side as well, so obviously yeah. he was one of our markers. Mm-hmm. So uh, the last thing you want to take him off, but. You know, at the end of the day, you could see he was cramping up, so I had one substitution left. And that's the thing when you're going into the game as well, you're thinking, well, this player might last for 60 minutes, 70 minutes. You know, who can last the 90? So where's the changes that you've got? Um, and obviously, um, he was cramping up, you could see it. Yeah. You know? So it's just going to be a matter of time. It's probably, what, 20 minutes to go or something like that? So um, you know, I've tried to be bold in that, where Chrissy Gunz has gone there. And Pape, again, we was in search to get the goal. So... Attacking fullback going in there. Just... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Into the box, looking to stock and he gets it in! And there's the opening goal! Jordan has scored a delivery... Absolutely perfect from Albie Morgan. Picks out Stockley, who rose first and flicked it past Fisher for the opening goal. Yeah, and that is a very, very difficult ball to defend if you're a centre-half. I know you want to look at it from Stockley's point of view. He was aggressive. He got above the centre-half. He pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball. And then once you've done that it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and directed towards goal he did that we find ourselves one in front but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan
Right, welcome back. Just before the break there, uh, we heard from the Addicts boss, uh, Nigel Adkins, on uh, this Sunday's Charlton Live. Um, looking back at the game against Cheltenham, I mean, it, it came out, Tom, and he, he was quite critical of his side, which isn't, isn't something that happens too often. Uh, you know, he, he often defend, you know, not, you know, he'll try and find the positives, he'll, 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 he'll try and say where it went wrong. But, I mean, I, I thought it was quite notable that straight away he started talking about how he put trust in the side and... Um, I don't know, he, he felt, I don't know, he, I got the impression he felt a bit let down yesterday, but obviously plenty of fans will be looking at him as well and, and saying, well, you're the manager, you're you're going to have to try and get a tune out of them and and wonder why the, the shape was changed a little bit. Yeah, and I th- I think that's what he's trying to do. I think he's, you know, calling them out publicly. We've seen managers do it in the past. Uh, Carl did it a couple of times. Boya was obviously not afraid to do it when he felt he needed to and yeah, as you say, you know, Atkins comes across as a, you know, an affable, affable bloke, you know, very positive. So when he's calling him out, you would hope that he's he's thinking, well, let's try and get a reaction from that because, yeah, it's not good enough. And maybe, you know, he's going to know that maybe he set the team up wrong, you know, if he feels that way. But, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to come out and admit that at the moment. He's giving his players a chance to put it right. And I'm sure there are other games where, you know, if they give a hundred percent he can go in at the end of the game and say well do you know what actually it's my fault for for x y and z but i don't think yesterday there was enough effort from the team it didn't look like they really were knew what they were doing or you know it just something wasn't right yesterday and so i think he he had every right to call out the players obviously he takes his his share of the responsibility as well um but yeah i think he's going to try and get a reaction out of them by by making those comments i also think it was good of him to point out the whole lumping it up to Stockley thing because that was something that Terry just reminded me of a little bit earlier when he talked about the fact that Kirk and DJ were too far away from him that's something obviously we've seen in recent weeks and again yesterday it seems to be a thing that when we go behind that's what we do and obviously because we went behind so early yesterday just spent far too much of the game just lumping it long to him and again when you've got no one around him it's just pointless And, and Stockley's good with his feet he's good at other stuff so I just don't understand why we do it so yeah, I think he's done it publicly, wants a reaction from him. Uh, and obviously next Saturday we'll see whether that's worked or not. Yeah, let's have a look at some of the fan reaction that's coming then as well. Don't forget we've got our views from the Fans Bar feature uh, coming up in a little while. Lewis went into the Fans Bar after yesterday's game to ask supporters what they made uh, of the performance. But some of these tweets have come in as well. Alan said, I hope you're planning for extra time. Uh, guys for the show because I think there's going to be a lot to get through yeah and we've got plenty of tweets and emails so uh, as I always say on a, on a day like today don't be too offended if we don't get to your, your tweet or your email because we've got quite a lot uh, we could be here all night really because a lot of people uh, wanted to get their frustration off their chest Joe Green was one of them said it was a disgrace when will Adkins realise that Morgan and Watson are not good enough what's the point in paying 500k for Kirk uh, just to take him off at half time the only positives uh, Lavelle and Leco. some real improvement needed uh, these next four games will be do or die for Adkins. Well, that's something, I mean, do, are, are we in that territory yet, um, Terry? I mean, do, do or die time? I guess if, if we're still in a similar position in four games, then I think probably yes. Yeah, I wouldn't say yet, uh, but this uh, this industry, the football industry, uh, is, uh, is, is a beast that uh, doesn't suffer um, failure for too long uh, because you know, most uh, owners will feel that they can't afford to let it drag on too long because uh, they've all invested, uh, or most of them at least, have invested a considerable amount of money to to try and um, improve and, and, and look for promotion wherever possible. So uh, I'd expect not yet, uh, and I still think um, you know he's, he's probably got time because of the, uh, and rightly so by the way, because of uh, the transfer window, the new 
new um, new signings, and they've got to be uh, they've got to be played. And he's got to probably put the side out. I'd, I'd say the next couple of weeks that you'd see more of a side that he would want to put out. I mean, injuries uh, permitting, of course. And uh, we don't know quite how um, how bad Lavelle's injury was yesterday, but the um, it, it, it'd be too early yet. And uh, I think you can understand why fans are, are reacting the way they are because it's 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 so frustrating, especially witnessing a performance like like we did yesterday. But I think um, in the cold light of day, I think he's uh, you know, Nigel Atkins with his reputation, with his uh, um, uh, track record, uh, will have uh, will have a lot more time yet. But. Um, it depends. A lot will depend, not necessarily on results, although of course they're important. But if there are too many more performances like yesterday, then that might be uh, that might bring hasten a, a decision sooner rather than later. Who knows? But personally, I'd hope not. Mm. Right. Well, Charlton Dream says next season we need to get the transfer business sorted earlier before the season starts. I'm not convinced uh, by Adkins and his preferred formation, or his team picks, uh, or his in-game strategy, or subs generally. Uh, promotion is doubtful this season. Uh, should have enough for mid-table, avoiding though uh, a relegation scrap. Peter says that apart from the unacceptable performance, especially first half, and our reluctance to change shape uh, when it was obvious after five minutes, the referee had a poor game for me. Just on the amount of time Stockley was handled, uh, stop-start the second half their tactics so he would, didn't allow the game uh, to flow uh, I mean that bit where he went to he ran half the length of the pitch and not booked the goalkeeper for time wasting that was a, that was quite frustrating but yeah often when I'm even when I'm getting frustrated with the referees you're taking out your anger at a poor performance on, on someone who's not really as involved as the players are so there we go right Mark said uh, could the failure in decent performance lie with Jacko and the training and positional awareness that he and his coaching team are trying to install just a four I mean uh, obviously, he's part of the management team. I don't think I don't think you can single out just one coach in it and say it's all down to him. Um, he'll take as much responsibility as Nigel does, I'm sure, Johnny Jackson, uh, and and he'll be as eager to to try and put it right. Right, Paul says that Arta uh, playing with Lee interchanging in the midfield would be good. Plenty of running and shots there. Uh, we need a left back playing left back. No surprise that the two goals came down the right hand side. Uh, for Cheltenham uh, Leco must now start and we need to utilise our wingers uh, Jaden Stockley gets no service uh, just long balls Arthur says I thought the uh, I like the headmaster I'm not sure it's a good move uh, to have him as captain uh, though I uh, just think it makes more sense to lead from the back what do you think I mean it's an age old debate Tom I mean would you would you have a captain does the captain have to be like the goalkeeper or defender for you or does it you know in the midfield is that is that part of this do you think no leadership uh, no, I don't. I think for me, a captain is, is the person who displays those leadership qualities. And I think Stockley does that. You know, you see him when when something doesn't go away or when chips are down, you know, he's, he's rallying players around. Uh, and I think, you know, you get different types of captains anyway. So no, it's not about the position for me. I think, you know, the Stockley signing as a wider point is a more interesting one. It was one that, you know, I think I said on one of the early podcasts, despite the quality he's undoubtedly got I was a little bit not disappointed we signed him but I'd almost preferred it if we hadn't because I think it sets you up to play a certain way um and so far we seem to be guilty of kind of slipping into that method but in terms of his captaincy and his leadership qualities I think he's got them uh I don't know who you'd necessarily pick from the back I mean maybe Ryan Innes but his fitness obviously isn't there um but I don't I don't necessarily think any of the others yet show that so 
No, I think he's probably the most suitable candidate and someone who, at the moment, it looks like is going to play the majority of games. Mm. Right, Martin uh, tweets in saying, yesterday was my first visit to the Valley this season and possibly my last. Uh, Where does the buck stop? Adkins or the players? Probably both. But whatever tactics were deployed yesterday, they must have been uh, relayed in a foreign tongue. The players uh, in the first half were like headless chickens. As much as I like Thomas... Uh, Sangard to have a word with Kirbishly. I think Alan would politely decline to comment on the incumbent manager and players, and probably uh, rightly so. Right, James uh, says a shocking performance that killed the positive feelings after the wins against Crew and Crawley. The starting eleven spots uh, should be up for grabs uh, during training uh, this week. Reese says that first half was completely woeful. The players looked like they had been thrown together on Friday. Movement was poor and creativity heavily lacking. Slightly better in the second half, but still not good enough. Questions will need to be asked of the manager if uh, this poor run continues. And Rebecca S uh, says, there was me thinking that Charlton Athletic women would save the day. Unfortunately, yeah, the, week, the weekend went from bad to worse. The, the girls beating up at Durham 2-0 uh, today. Uh, saw some quotes from Rachel Nubra. She said that she felt that the addicts didn't really create enough chances. A slightly dodgy penalty by the sounds of it, the second Durham goal, but... Uh, again, I don't think we can lay too much blame on a referee when it sounds like we weren't uh, playing that well. Ben says, where do you even start? Worst performance I've ever witnessed. Go 4-4-2 for a start. Put Leonardo in the centre for Watson and Morgan. Washington up front with Stockley, Deji and Soiree uh, in the back four. Might give us a chance if any of them are actually fit enough uh, to play at 90 minutes. And finally from the tweets, uh, Richard says, the return of Lecco was the only positive to take from that match. The first half performance was so bad, it may represent a new worst ever in 50 years of watching Charlton. Much better at the start of the second uh, but this game quickly petered out again after our goal. It was grim. Right, well, not uh, not some happy fans there. And uh, we also didn't come across any happy fans uh, in the fans bar after Lewis went into crossbars. Uh, just to pick up some views, this is what the people in the, in the crossbars told us uh, after the game yesterday. Uh, yeah, I think disappointing is the word. Um, it's a bit of a sad day when you're sort of outclassed by a team like Cheltenham. They played very well today. Take my hat off to them. It's, it's nothing against them, but I think uh, Charlton were particularly bad today. Absolutely appalling, mate. As I've just said, it's uh, first half was bad. The no defending, no cohesion, no midfield, no attack. Defending was appalling. Both goals were bad. Don't blame the goalkeeper. The second goal, Fayamu stood five yards off the bloke that came forward. Nobody picked up the guy on the wing, crossed it. Nobody picked up the ball in the box. We didn't look like we were going to score all day. We might as well add any of us in, in the crossbars in goal. And it just went from downhill after that. Um, it was worrying more so that we just didn't seem to have a way of playing today. I wasn't sure whether we was going wide, going through the middle, whether it was a long ball, whether we was starting short. They're just... There was no sort of rhyme or reasons for anything he was doing. Um, a few long balls up to Stockley who didn't do anything with it. Um, so, yeah, I think disappointing was uh, the word of the day today. We had a 15-minute spell in the second half where we looked like we were going to get back in the game, scored in the middle of it in between. And after that, it just became... Uh, uh, Cheltenham, to be fair... They wasted time, but then we would have done the same in the same position. Yeah, there was a lot of optimism. As you said, it was it was cut very short. After 45 minutes, 2-0 down, it's, it's never a good situation to be in. I thought the only sort of good 10 minutes of the game was the lead-up to the goal. Um, sort of there was a lift in the stadium. You could feel it. The fans were, were going well. We got the goal, and literally from that kick-off after the goal, I thought it all sort of dipped again. Um, the atmosphere went out of the stadium. 
Um, we, we started not playing football. What I know, observed sitting in the East End was that the, um, the Route 1 ball to Stockley to the, to the right was picked up by their tall left midfield player who came back. When it went left of midfield, they had their two centre-halves who sort of uh, cubicled him and he couldn't win a ball. I thought to, Some people thought the referee was good today. I thought he didn't give the Stockley a fair game, but... We we didn't have a we didn't have a plan B. Uh, Stockley go straight to him. If he don't win it, we we don't seem to have a plan B. If he don't win it, I thought the, the two goals were fairly soft as well. Um, they was both up sort of our our left hand side, their right hand side. Um, I thought their second goal was probably the easiest goal they'll ever score all season. Um, it, was, it was pretty uh, pretty good for their their right winger. He just clipped it in and. And their strike, I've got the toe on it. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was poor, really. It was Where poor. do we go from here? I don't know. Don't forget, Oxford were third bottom after six games. Blackpool were about sixth, eighth or ninth bottom, and um, after about 10, 11 games. So they both uh, done well at the end. Let's hope we can push on. Where do we go from here? We're thinking about going to Wickham and Gillingham, seeing as I only live 30 miles from Wickham, but that's out the window now. Yeah, no, no happy bunnies anywhere in SE Seven yesterday. I'm afraid it was uh, such a disappointing performance, wasn't it? Uh, we've got one one person did tweet in not long before the show, Chris Pitt, saying sack the manager. Enough is enough. He hasn't got a clue. And and, and I, think, I guess we've already discussed that the future so far. We, we personally don't think we're quite in that territory uh, yet. Obviously, Terry, as, as we're still waiting for signings to bed in, we're, we're only the, the thing that confuses me, Terry, and, and it must confuse Nigel as well is. I mean, we're six games into this season. When Nigel came in last season, we only lost one in ten. You know, he started off so well. He he must be baffled by how it's turned so sour so quickly. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. He certainly, um, he certainly gave the impression of being baffled yesterday because, uh, you know, he would have uh, he explained himself. You know, he had a good, a good um, training week, very positive. Players are up for it and uh, sends them uh, sends them out onto the pitch on Saturday and he gets the first half like like he did. So. Um, baffled, I guess, is one word. Uh, don't forget, yeah. Obviously, there were different personnel last last season, so he, he had different players to work with, and maybe uh, that's a factor. But um, yeah, it's um, it's a really strange one, and I, I don't think you know we can. I think I said it at the beginning. We can sit here and probably give twenty or thirty, forty different uh, reasons why it didn't work yesterday, um, and uh, you just hope and really hope that. Um, you know, the next game we get a reaction. Uh, he's got uh, different players to choose from that uh, will have had another week's training with the with the squad, uh, and we can see something a little bit different, uh, i.e., either setup wise or certainly attitude wise, because uh, you know they've really got to. Uh, and it's not, you know, of course they should do it for the fans. They should do it for themselves. They should do it for their own peace. You know, for their own uh, um, self. Uh, Self belief, because you know, if you do, if you start putting too many performances like that back to back, then you know we are really looking at a troubled season. And then, uh, and then Nigel Atkins is then looking to see uh, to be more under pressure. And we were only six games in, so that that shouldn't be there yet. But you know, a lot uh, that Wickham game becomes really important now. Uh, and they're a good side, just come down from the championship, so it's going to be a tough one. But as Nigel Atkins said many times, you know they're all tough in this division. But you know, you're not going to get anywhere unless you uh, unless you at least. Put a put a spirited performance in, uh, and at least give the fans something to cling on to. Because uh, 
if uh, too many of those uh, first halves keep reappearing, then it's going to be a long old season. Mm, certainly. Right, let's have a look at some emails. McSquared said, yet another awful performance against a side who shouldn't really be in our league. However, Cheltenham deserved their win, even though we seem to do our best to make them look like Man City or Liverpool. We were far too static in general. Uh, Kirk was devoid of enterprise and our defending was all over the place uh, from start to finish. Cheltenham should definitely have scored more. And uh, while apart from Leco's goal, our shooting was woeful. Our midfield was far too easily overrun again and even Stockley had a rare off game. We were better in the second half, uh, mainly thanks to the introduction of Leco and Washington, but only one shot on target speaks for itself. Apart from those two, only McGivray came out of the match with any credit as he wasn't at fault for either of the goals and pulled off two uh, very good saves, or some very good saves, to keep us uh, in the match. Washington and Lecco need to start next time. Let's hope it isn't too long before Arthur is fit to bring an, uh, to bring uh, some much-needed experience into the midfield, as I'm not convinced that Watson and Morgan are solid enough together. Lee didn't have a great game, uh, and uh, he should be given time, though, as he definitely shows potential. Adkins is right when he says there's a lot to think about. We very much look like a team of strangers for most of the match. It was great that we managed to improve our squad before the transfer window close but now there is a lot of work to do on the training pitch as we are severely lacking in terms of cohesion and determination. Phil says hi guys really shocking clueless performance <clears throat> I watched Adkins play this formation with basically the same side uh, in a practice match last Friday at Sparrows Lane he's had two weeks to set him up properly uh, and then they produced that mess of a performance he has uh, has to be probably the worst performance I've seen uh, from probably the worst team I've seen in 46 years and our league position shows that I'm giving Adkins four more games uh, until we reach 10 uh, and then I'll be calling for him to go he knows he's got no excuses uh, by then Joseph says the worst part of yesterday for me was whether some some fans actually clapping them off how far have we fallen that our fans are satisfied uh, when we get embarrassed by Cheltenham Washington uh, Watson and Morgan are not even close to good enough to get us promoted DJ is possibly the worst winger I've ever seen in a Charlton shirt no composure no final ball he seems to refuse to take uh, people on and ends up passing uh, back to Matthews. We need uh, to watch Leco a bit to show what a winger should do. So many things went wrong yesterday, but it all stems from the formation. Stick with the 4-4-2 as soon as Washington comes on and was making runs uh, in behind. We were causing all sorts of problems. That's from uh, Joe. Phil Hall says, disappointing. Uh, doesn't aptly describe that first half performance. Shocking or disgraceful uh, may come closer. Um, we cannot play Stockley on his own. He gives his all, but they had three men on him. By my reckoning, that means we should have had two spare men, uh, but that's probably our wingers who stand in isolation waiting for a pass that is rarely coming. We need a maximum, sorry, we need a minimum of four across midfield as we don't play well in a 4-3-3 and never win any second ball in the midfield area. If we bother to put a, hard, a challenge in, uh, then it's half-hearted. I certainly hope that Arter is, fixed for, is fit for next weekend and about time we had an honest update on Gilby, Perrington and Schwartz. Lavelle is obviously not match fit uh, and I think Deji would have been a better option to part of the fame way. Uh, need to link uh, with the midfielders uh, and the forwards and perhaps Big Mac could look to find the wide players directly rather than short passes which result in the ball being played sideways and backwards uh, usually resulting in our play going to Big Mac under pressure. Uh, have to get it sorted soon. We can't wait until uh, Jake Forster Kasky uh, returns. Allen says that when Atkins came, I thought we were getting Saints and Scunthorpe manager, uh, or are we getting the Reading and the Sheffield United one? I think we know the answer to that now. He talks a good game about playing from the back and possession football and pressing uh, from the front, but we're not seeing it. We see Matt give the ball to defenders to play out, and then he just ends up hitting it to Stockley anyway. Stockley the problem. We can't press with a target man, and all the time he's playing it uh, playing it's too easy to not play the ball on the ground when he signed it's nothing against him but I was not a fan as uh, Charlton football is not playing with a target man 
uh, and hoping something comes off. But we can't change it now, so we have to play to his strengths, get wingers and fullbacks to cross from 20, 30 yards out from wide positions and hope uh, that he can set it up for someone else. Finally, Craig says, uh, Hi, lads, it was Dyer, Russell Slade Dyer. He had two weeks to get them motivated and survived uh, that tripe. Uh, I'm sorry, and we were served that tribe. Not good. Uh, needs a reaction against Wickham, or maybe Nigel has to look at himself. Still plenty of time, though, to turn it around. Up the Reds. Great show. Keep it up. That's from Craig. Cheers, Craig. Um, yeah, so frustration, I think, is the name of the day uh, at the end of the pod. Uh, I think we're going to end it there. I've, uh, it's, it's been quite a miserable one, really, hasn't it, Tom? Uh, a- a- any ray of light at the end of the tunnel for you? Uh, I can't do Thursday's show and I'm missing the next two games. Oh, so there we go. <laughs> that's my positive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent. Terry, what, Terry, what are you gonna, how are we going to end the show that's going to make everyone think, yeah, come on, we're going to win this. We're going we, we're to bring it back. Crossbar challenge. Oh, what yeah, that was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, I missed that. That was annoying. I looked up and I heard a load of cheering and looked up. But yeah, the geezer who'd done the crossbar challenge won eight and a half grand. So that, well, well done to him. Uh, Eight and a half grand, and the knee slide uh, affected the pitch more than than probably yeah. we did. In well, the rest that's of the, the thing that that crossbar hit was definitely the, the closest we came to scoring in the first half as well, which is a shame. Right, uh, massive <laughs> congratulations to Bob Boulder. He has uh, just finished his um, Lands Ends to John O'Groats um, challenge on on the bicycle. We spoke to him on Thursday. I was hoping to speak to him today, but I think he's only just finished uh, by the looks of it. So uh, we just send him our best wishes, and obviously, uh, if you haven't donated to his uh, to his page yet, make sure you have a look on the Charlton Athletic. Uh, Community Trust uh, website so you can donate to support uh, Bob who's done all the way from Land's End uh, to John O'Groats so congratulations uh, to Bob uh, and we're going to we're gonna end it there I think we'll be back on Thursday don't forget to look ahead to the uh, the game with Wickham uh, which we you know is Bob, <laughs> Bob Boulder ringing my phone right there um, but I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll have to end the show there um, oh, so should we try and get him on live that'll be fun we, hang on hang on hang on Bob how are you Yes, yeah, so I look. Yeah, I'm on top. I'm on the, the coach going back to Inverness. Yes, yeah, so uh, lovely. Quiet, so. We're we're, we're recording. We're recording right now, Bob. So I've actually got you on live. So um, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah. so we we were just trying to find a way to end the, the podcast in a, in a positive manner after yesterday's very disappointing performance. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so we're, we're trusting you to do that. I mean, you must be the oh, happiest okay. the happiest Charlton man alive because you didn't have to watch it yesterday. <laughs> Oh, actually, uh, I was probably uh, one of one of three happy Charlton, uh, <laughs> fans alive because uh, I spoke to them. I told you about the, the two lads who were riding with us. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jim Bennett. Jim Bennett was one, and uh, Simon Perro was another. So they're both big Charlton fans. So myself. So we, yeah, we we finished about the same time. Funny enough, as well. Oh. So it was uh, it was quite nice at the end to see each other and that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we had, we had a, a little photo. That was nice. Um, but yeah, it's great, mate. It was a yeah, proper, proper challenge. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's yeah. been. Pretty, it's, I imagine it's been a pretty grueling ride, and you're glad now to have got to the end of it. I mean, could you could you enjoy it at any point? Was it, was the scenery nice at least? No, it was, it was beautiful. Uh, it just, yeah, it's um, Scotland's been amazing. Just a beautiful place. So, so there's a lot of uh, lot of things to see to take the pain away. So yeah, um, <laughs> excellent stuff. I mean, one more time, then. Obviously, Bob, you you were doing the ride for the upbeats and for the community trust and. And just finally, just if if, um, if you could say how grateful you are for the fans who have donated, and 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 maybe if we can just persuade a couple more now that now that you've completed the ride. Yeah, it was uh, just uh, it was just trying to end another bend. You went, oh, another hill, another hill. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it's uh, it was eight, it was about between eight and nine hundred did it. So it was a major major event. So um, and thankfully, uh, I don't think it was any injuries today or anything. So that was nice.
Excellent stuff. Well, Bob, um, congratulations. Thanks for joining us live on the pod right at the very end. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, no, brilliant. I'd yeah. love it. Sorry about, sorry about the That's all right. Yeah, yeah there's nothing we can do. Nothing, nothing you could have done about that. So thanks, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll, we'll see you when you get back to the Valley. Oh, yeah, thank you, Louis. Cheers, Have Bob. See ya. Bye. There we go, Bob Boulder live on the pod. So that, that is, it's like he must have heard us, that we said we wanted that we wanted a nice way to end the show, and there he was. Terry, um, uh, do you reckon you could have done that? Not a chance. <laughs> no, uh, I, can't even, I couldn't even cycle to the bottom of my garden, so, I mean, what a legend Bob Boulder is. And, and, uh, and every time the camera seemed to go to him during his bike ride, he had a smile on his face. I'm guessing it's, I mean, it could have been a grimace, obviously, but it looked like a smile. Yeah. He just never stops the man. He's, he's a machine, but uh, what an absolute legend. Excellent stuff. Right, so we will end the show there. We have ended it on a positive note, as I said we would. So thanks to all of you who've listened. Uh, thank you to Tom and for Terry for joining me on the show this week. Cheers, Cheers, Luke. Cheers good, Tom. Good to speak to you both. Uh, I'm Louis Mendes. We'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to the Wiccan game. Hopefully uh, that will have a bit of a better result. We'll see you later. <laughs> What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 